Welcome to the SAME Real-Time Podcast, featuring an inside look across the Society of American Military Engineers and the work that our 30,000 members and 105 posts are doing to support national security and strengthen the engineering potential of the United States. And now, your host, SAME Executive Director, Joe Schrodel. Well, we're, we're really honored today to have uh, as our guest uh, Mr. Noah Galloway, the, the author of Living With No Excuses, uh, Dancing With the Stars fame, and, and just a, a, a lot of uh, you know, great, great things that you've done. So Noah, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. No, that's great. You know, the first thing that we want to tell you is, is very simply this. And I know it pales in comparison to everything that you've been through and everything that you've done. But, but thank you for your service. And, and the other thing that I think is important is to thank you for your candor. And, and one of the things that I think that we'd like to talk a little bit about is what our veterans are going through and the kind of help and support that they need. And, and I guess maybe the best way to start this is um, there, there's, there's no doubt that you have been a very busy man doing a lot of great things to support our veterans. So, so how about tell, telling us a little bit about the things that you have been doing, you know, aside from what we've seen, the Dancing with the Stars and the book, what, what other kinds of things are you doing to help our veterans? Well, you know, I think the most important thing I can point out, I mean, I'm just a veteran just doing my thing, but I, I feel like me putting out there, like for example, the book, I. I talk a lot about my depression. I mean, very open and honest. And it was hard to admit. It was I was terrified of when people were going to read it and how they were going to react to it. But I felt like it was necessary. And the response I got was really good. And I've been very open about the struggles I've had, even now. I mean, I have a great life. I have three wonderful children. I live in a nice area. You know, I'm, I'm doing what I love. But even now, I just passed winter i went through some struggles went to the va got some help and I, i'm very open and honest about that and i i feel like as i do that one is good for me and two others need to see that it doesn't matter how well things are going that we all have issues and if there are issues we need to talk about it we need to be open about it when i went through my depression i thought i was the only one going through it and i i kept my mouth shut i didn't talk about it and it prolonged it and then when I came out and, and now that I've, I've shared, I want other veterans to know that, hey, it's okay to have issues. And so I, I get the opportunity to go around to speak to active duty and retired military and share my story. And the response has been good. And it means a lot that someone like you would, would thank me for what I'm doing, but I'm just, some part of it's for me. And I just want other veterans to know that it's okay to talk about it. And that might motivate someone else to do the same. You know, that's a powerful, powerful message. Um, you know, and again, you're, you're, the candor in your book is amazing. But how did you get? How did you finally get the courage to take that first step? You know, and, and you know, I, terrified as I you always, were, how did you do that? I wanted. Do what? Yeah, as terrified as you were, as you just said, how did you take that first step? Well, you know, I, I told some people that if I'd have done that book one year earlier it wouldn't have been as honest as it was. So I think I was just at the right place in my life to say, you know what, let's talk about this. And it was really hard. I hired a friend of mine to help me write it, and we would go through my life story, and it was hard to relive. I mean, during my depression, there's, there's an entire chapter dedicated 
to me spending 10 days in the county jail. I'm not proud of that, but I felt it was necessary to talk about because with my injury and then the success, people want to know what that one moment was that turned everything around. I've always told people there is life is not a movie. It does not just happen like that. And I, and I shared those struggles and mistakes I was making for me to look back and there was no one to blame but myself. But I did have my children and my motivation to keep pushing on, to keep going forward, and to show people there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, when the book came out, I thought about all those people that had heard my story through Dance with the Stars and, you know, that, that loved me and just thought that I was this great, sweet country boy from Alabama that served the military. And I was afraid they'd see me in a different light. But because of my honesty, I've had more people reach out to me that said that it was enough to for them to realize that they needed to get help. And that that's what made me feel good about it. You know, that's priceless. And and one of the things that struck me in your book, you know, especially the chapter that you mentioned on, on the jail and you you're getting out of there and you're never going back and you're not gonna do that again. And yet one of the points that you make I think in your book that's important is you know, then you had struggles after that. And then you'd find another hook and yep. then you'd have more struggles after that. You know, so what, what, what do you attribute your, your resilience and being able to, you know, fall back in the depression but get back out again? You know, what, what made you keep coming back? I've told people, even before all this happened, I was big into fitness and I always compared things to fitness because that's always been my passion. And I always told people, if you want to be successful and get to the best shape of your life, you have to have something that's your motivation. That you're like, you know what, this isn't even about me. I'm doing it for whatever. And for me, it was my children. And I needed to get up and doing for my children. And so, you know, whenever I'd have those moments of doubt or fear, my children, the thought of my children needing to have a father that was there for them was way more important than any fear I could have experienced. So when I would have those doubts and I'd make those mistakes, I'd fall flat on my face. What would get me back up was thinking, I have to get up for them. And that's what kept me going. To this day, my children are my first priority. Everything that I have, every offer I have come across my desk, I think, okay, how is this going to affect my children? What lessons are it going to teach them? And is it taking any time away from them? Because I travel a lot, but everything is scheduled around my children. And I continue to do that. And I hope to continue to do that. You know, that's a great, that's a great message because I think a lot of us today uh, lament um, and sometimes without all the information that, you know, the, uh, one of the challenges we have as a society is the, the demise of the family and that the kids are, aren't treated the way you're treating your children. You know, so it's good to hear you, hear you talk that well, way. I mean, the, Go ahead. Yeah, the, the biggest fear that I had was when I had the thought that I was showing my two boys what it is to be a man, and that's what they're going to grow up to be, and showing my little girl how a man's supposed to act, and that's what she was going to look for one day. So that's when it was like, I got to make this change now. And it was a struggle. It didn't happen overnight, but that's what kept me driving and moving to make sure I am, I am leading from the front. And that's what I need to do for my children. And I tell people, if you don't have children, there's something in your life that will, you need to hold on to to say, you know what, when I'm having these down moments and I, I'm not, I don't feel like I can get out of it, think back to that and say, okay, I, I'm doing it for them or for this reason. And that's what's going to keep you moving. You know, that's a great message, and, and next week when we're together in our Joint Engineer Training Conference, uh, that's a great message not only for people who have gone through what you've gone through, but for any of us. I mean, you know, for the three of us sitting right here, I can tell you we've all had our down days. 
And sometimes it's hard to get yourself back up and get back in the fight. So that's a great message for all of us. Um, let, me, let me ask you this question, though. It's because I've talked to a lot of veterans. Uh, as you know, I served myself for many years. Um, as you look back, and especially with what you gave of your body, I mean, you lost your arm and your leg in, in that war. Do you ever regret serving? You know, even in my moments of depression, I was angry, I was bothered, but I never regretted it. Because I think what I, the moment I held on to was, one, I, I wasn't drafted. This is, you know, a due time. I was in college when 9-11 happened. I enlisted. I wanted to go in. I chose to be an infantry soldier. Uh, after my first appointment, I loved being in, so I re-enlisted. I wanted to go on that next deployment. The night that I got hurt, I did not have to be in that home base. I chose to be there. So what I held on to was one of those moments that I could have had with one of my buddies would have got hurt. I just thought, why them? Why not me? Well, you know what? I got that opportunity. I'm not stronger or tougher than the men I served with, but you know what? I decided, you know what? I was injured, and I'm going to make this work for me, not against me. You know, that's that's a huge, a huge lesson. And, uh, and you know, I'll never forget uh, you know, one part in your book that stands out for me was uh, before you were injured and you're, you're, you're on top of that rooftop and just that feeling of uh, power and superiority that you talked about and, and yet how vulnerable we all really are. Um, is that a life lesson, you think, for all of us, regardless of what we face? I think so. I think that we all want to feel that power, not necessarily to be a CEO somewhere or whatever, but to feel like you're in control. And it's easy to lose that feeling. And you've got to find those little moments to say, you know what, my world may be small, but I've got control over it. And we do. When we wake up every morning, something bad can happen. We can be late, whatever it is. And it's all about we're going to make that one moment ruin our entire day. We're going to say, no, I'm going to control the way I feel, and I'm going to make this something positive. I'm going to pull something out of it. As I tell people all the time, when it comes to, again, back to fitness, I mean, when I go in a gym, even injured or not, there's always that one guy who's bigger, he's stronger, whatever it is. And what I've done is I can be in the gym, and I can be next to the guy that's bigger, stronger, whatever, and I think to myself, can he do it missing an arm or leg? Now, I'm, hopefully he can. Hopefully he never has to experience that. But in my mind, I have to convince myself, I'm doing what others can't. And that's what keeps me moving. When I was in Iraq, I remember on one of my deployments, I had some buddies of mine kind of get bothered by the fact that I enjoyed what we were doing. We lived with the locals. It was, it was rough. And I told them, I said, we're doing what most can't. And that's how I live my life, is I have to find those little moments to say, I'm doing what others can't. And that's what drives me. That's that, that, those moments of power. And I had to find that again through my depression because I'd lost control and I had to find it. And, and with my children, I am their leader. I need to feel like I am the, the lion there, my cubs, and I'm going to protect them and do whatever it takes to make sure their life is good and that they're learning life lessons that are positive. Yeah, that's, that's a tremendous, tremendous legacy for your kids. You know, one of the other thoughts that, uh, that I have, and, and we know you want to get on to uh, actually be with your kids here in a few minutes, so we want to, want to make this concise. You know, one, of, one of the things that, uh, that struck me, too, going back to, to your book and the, the vulnerability and, and the, the opportunities and chances of falling back in depression, as you look forward the long term, 
you know, as, as we do a lot of things in this country to try to help veterans for the long term. And one of the points that, that strikes me is uh, it, it's one thing to get the immediate care as the VA has given you and as you've gotten as in the, in the, the years right after your injury. But, you know, life is, is a lot longer these days. You know, and so what, what do you think the prospects are for you for the long term in being able to sustain your passion and your, the momentum that you've established now uh, to take care after, I like your analogy, the lion and the cubs? What do you think? Well, you know, whether it's my life or the life of other veterans, I feel like what needs to happen is, I mean, in my book, I shared those, those down moments, but I also talk about the, the amazing things that have happened to me since I changed that. And I've had the opportunity to be on camera, to do interviews and do podcasts like this, but I share the incredible things that have happened to me. And I feel like there are a lot of veterans out there that have had great experiences. And the more that that is shared, the more that is put out there, we're going to feed off that positivity. I feel like too many of us veterans get stuck in that rut of thinking, this is who we need to be. Like that Lieutenant Dan from Forrest Gump. That's who we are. No, it's not. There is success that can be found. We can move on. I mean, I remember reading the amount of CEOs that came out of Vietnam alone was astounding. And it's like, we've got to keep that positivity, that image of veterans going forward. And what's helped me are the amount of people that reach out to me and have, have they're my motivation to say that there's been some inspiration of what I'm doing, and that's what drives me on. I continue to be a family man, a father to my children, and people have grabbed hold of that, and that keeps me going. You know, that's, that's, an, amazing, that's an amazing message that uh, I know we're all going to be looking forward to hearing again next week. Um, and, and it's an especially important message, I think, for the group of folks that you're going to be, going to be talking to. Uh, we are a very diverse society. We're not just engineers, architects, constructors. We're business people. It's a very diverse audience of patriotic Americans that you're going to get a chance to, to talk to and that, that they're going to get a chance to get to know you. And one of the things on the forefront of our mind, and I'll just give you some, some food for thought between now and next week, you know, our infrastructure needs work. A lot of things, you know, we're short engineers, we're short people in construction. So one of the things that we're really focused on is not only helping veterans and helping sustained veterans through the long term of their life to get over some of the challenges they have as you have and the great example that you serve, but also inspire our people to work together, be honest and open with each other as you say, but come up with creative solutions to the challenges that we have. So yeah, your, your message is going to touch an audience that not only is patriotic, not only is uh, passionate about you know, people and passionate about our veterans, but also passionate about the long-term future of this country and the opportunities for kids like yours and grandkids like mine, you're a bit younger than I am, but grandkids like mine and kids like yours and the kids of, uh, of, our, of our members here in this office. So I think it's an important message that you're gonna be sending and, and we're really excited about, about having you come. So, so I guess to get, to get you off to uh, I guess you're going to go bowling now with your kids and continue to set that great I am, example. Yes, I am. Super. So I do try to, I, I, you know, I, I mentioned that leading from the front and then, you know, talking about the, the view of, you know, into the distance, the, the bigger picture. You know, we all have to remind ourselves that everything we do, how we act, if we want to see our children a certain way, we can tell them all we want. 
but we learn from what we see. That's how we grew up, and that's how they're going to grow up. And we cannot forget that everything we do, they are learning from. And me spending this quality time with my kids is trying to make sure I show them that family first, make the time. You know, it may not be easy, but make the time to do it. And if we want them to, you know, aspire to be, you know, the best they can be, we need to show them that we can do the same. It doesn't matter who we are, how old we are. I mean, when I see people in their uh, late 40s, 50s, whatever, and going back to school, whatever it is, they're like, you know what, I'm going to continue to improve my life. Our children see that. That life doesn't end just because we've gone through one stage in our life. We have to keep going. We have to keep improving. And we have to show them that. Well, that's fantastic. Noah, look, we really appreciate you taking the time today. And I can tell you, just talking to you on the phone, I'm ready to go out and run five miles. I mean, you've got me fired up. You've got all of us fired up here. So good luck. Good luck with the bowling. Uh, I hope your kids aren't better than you yet. But you know, have they beaten Have they beaten you yet? Just a little secret for the audience. Or are you a better bowler than they are? Uh, no. What What really helps is my 12 year old and I are on the same crappy level. So if we have fun by ourselves. We just we'll go back and forth on who wins, and we're not. Neither one of us are very good. <laughs> so that well, makes it fun. Well, good then. I, I might have to take up some bowling with you because neither am I. So, but look, we really pre we appreciate you taking the time, and I I think you're going to have a lot of fun with uh, with our group, and I know they're really going to really going to have a lot of fun with you. And your message is something that I I guarantee is going to stick with the audience well beyond you know your time on the stage so if there's anything we can do for you between now and then let us know uh we're here to to serve yes, you, thank you and really respect uh, what you've done so thanks thank you and thank you for your service and you know and i'm thank you for what you do you're continuing to do and, and doing these podcasts and put them out there for all the areas that you said that is going out to thank you no that's good and, and look take care and god bless and we'll see you next week